1: Hello everyone and welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. It's my podcast and we've gone on the road again. Ford Martin, my producer, was kind enough to ride down to Charleston, South Carolina to bring you this beautiful view. How good is this? We're at the Denny Hamlin and Mark Bryan Pro-Am Jam. It's a charity golf event raising money for so many great causes down here in South Carolina. I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And uh, had a great concert last night and I've got some awesome guests lined up for our show today. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to come by and talk about changing rides for the first time. That's crazy that he raced for Roush for so long and now he's moving on where he's at mentally and how all that went down. How soon did he know that he wasn't going to be driving the 17 car again in 2020? We'll talk to Ricky about that. Plus, we're going to break down the truck series. Hermie Sadler and Phil Parsons both joined me today to talk about what's been an awesome year of truck racing. Uh, the race at Martinsville, the win by Todd Gillen, just the crashes. There was so much action all day long and so many, so many cautions and red flags and just great racing and eventually a, a first-time winner and Todd Gillen took the checkered flag and man... When Todd Gillen took the checker flag, did he ever let loose? He requested that his owner not come to Victory Lane. I cleaned that up quite a lot. But uh, obviously Todd was frustrated with the way over the year, the last couple years, he's been treated by Kyle Bush, his owner. Kyle's publicly said, you know, we got to get better. These guys, they, they need to win in these trucks. I don't win in these trucks, I can't win anywhere. And that's really hard for a young kid like Todd to listen to. And I think just the emotion of getting the checkered flag and then being able to try to explain to the world where he was mentally was really hard for Todd to do. But uh, I'm sure he regrets what he said. We all, you know, in the heat of the moment uh, get carried away and say some things we wish we hadn't have. And I bet that was a case. Everybody's going out to the golf tournament. For, uh, there's old Rick Allen. He's going to come by here and talk to me in a bit. Uh, but just a great event, so many celebrities here, Kevin Sorbo, there goes Brett Moffat too by the way, Kevin Sorbo, uh, Hercules, the actor, he joins us today on our podcast to talk about what's going on in his world. Uh, what, a, what a fun show we've got for you today and um, I'm just, I couldn't be prouder to, to be here and support Denny and help him with his initiatives. Um, Talked to Denny this morning a bit about what happened in, Mart- in Martinsville with he and Logano. Obviously, um, it's 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 tough racing for a championship, and they those guys got together. It's going to happen on a short track. Uh, Joey uh, obviously is very aggressive. We see him push, we see him shove, and he certainly got uh, got into into uh, a, a scrum a scrum with Denny. They got together, caused him to lose uh, lose his way during the course of the day, and phew, he wasn't happy about it. But heck. That's racing. You're gonna have that, especially short track racing. They'll go to ISM, they'll go to Texas, they'll go to Miami and sort it out. I don't think there'll be any repercussions between those two about what happened at Martinsville. Today, cooler heads have prevailed and I'm sure it's focused on going to Texas. So, watch Waltrip Unfiltered today. I can't wait for you to enjoy the show and uh, listen to our guests. Thank you.
2: Be ready,
1: green play, green play. So, Rick, how you been, buddy?
2: I've been great, bud.
1: It's awesome to see you.
2: Uh, always love being able to sit down with my friend Michael
1: yeah yeah we've had a lot of fun over the years
2: a lot of fun
1: how how long ago did we start hanging out like when would we we were like oh
2: 2003 yeah oh 03 oh 2003 three. so 16 years now
1: and doing the trucks and just hanging out with you were was great times
2: it's the blast I mean that's uh, where my career started hanging yeah. out with you and your brother and just having a lot of fun
1: I, I love the story and I know you've probably told it a hundred times but you're you're not Rick Allen
2: (laughs) well I am (laughs) we're just stopping we're just stopping before we actually say my last name
1: you're Rick Allen Swieger yes how did you how did you drop the Swieger
2: uh your brother had a lot to do with that Uh, my first audition with Fox Sports uh I sat down next to your brother we were getting ready to audition I was going to be the first one and I said Mr. Waltrip my name's Rick Swieger he shook hands and he goes back and he's kind of looking at some stuff. For
1: a minute, let me just stop there. So your yeah. whole life you've been Rick Schwieger
2: All, all my Never life. Never
1: even thought twice about it.
2: No, the yeah. whole time. And after I introduced myself to your brother, your brother said, Schweiger? There ain't no Schweigers in NASCAR. And I thought, wow, okay, that's profound. So right when we came on camera, I'm like, hello, everyone. Welcome to Charlotte. Alongside three-time cup champion Daryl Waltrip, I'm Rick Allison. And I changed my name and your brother just started laughing. He's like stop. You can't change your name in the middle of a show And we proceeded to do about five takes and I was Rick Yarborough. I was Rick Petty I was uh, I was everybody so I just kept throwing in different people's names and and then I decided okay We'll make it easy and we'll just go with my middle name So my middle name is Alan Rick Allen
1: and Daryl has the credit for that
2: and he wanted me to be Cadillac Rick <laughs> <laughs> he thought Cadillac Rick would be better than Rick Allen, but
1: and, and the reason why you got to NASCAR was because of David Hill heard your. Is that a true story?
2: That's a true story. Because David
1: Hill with Fox heard your pipes.
2: He's yep. He said I had uh, golden pipes. Golden and, pipes. Yeah, and he uh, actually it was it was David Hill with the recommendation of Bill France Jr. Uh, Bill France Jr. Actually, I heard this story later from David Hill. Bill France Jr. said. Uh, I want that guy calling my races because he had heard wow. yeah he had heard me or my tape or whatever at uh, Eagle Raceway a dirt track in Nebraska that I had announced at and he said I want that guy to announce my races and now however many years later I'm announcing his races that's,
1: that's incredible that's I know pretty he's cool. smiling looking down
2: yeah what hope so because right now his sport's uh, going well
1: yeah everything's good the uh, short track racing let's let's uh, transition to Martinsville uh I have this opinion that the racing's better than it's ever been so people say racing's as good as I've seen it in a long time yeah. well it's better than it's ever been but then you could real quickly get um, disarmed with that statement by somebody saying well Martin Truex Jr. led more laps than anybody ever has before <laughs> how do you how do you explain the fact that he dominated but yet the racing from from front to back was as good as it's ever been
2: everybody has their own opinion on what what good racing is and i think you and i are of the opinion that we like to see guys fighting for position all the time well if the guy up front is dominant it's hard to catch a guy like that um, but there was great racing throughout the field from second on back and and battles i mean we saw late in that race uh, william byron was battling martin Shrek's jr Potentially to get his first win, I mean, there was always a battle up front, it just never ended up happening where anybody could get by him.
1: Same thing happened in our race in the spring mm-hmm. on Fox. Oh, yeah. Kazowski dominated.
2: 446 with, laps with, there. But
1: with like 10 to go, Chase Elliott was coming. Right. You know, and it just was the drama of racing all day long and seeing the yeah. the result. And um, you just have to, sometimes you got to tip your cap. You remember Martin led like what all but two laps of
2: the coke 600 I mean (laughs) pretty close to that yeah eight laps you missed eight laps of the coke 600 yeah pretty dominant but you think back so people always reference back and they say well man I wish it was like the good old days when Ned Jarrett was racing well Ned Jarrett beat someone by like 14 laps at Darlington so is that what we want I don't think so no I, I don't think that's what we want but that was also a time when guys would rough each other up, and I think we're seeing that again. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing guys get a little more aggressive. Uh, Brad Keselowski doesn't like when people block him, right. and that's he, the way— he, he made a statement. <laughs> yes, he did. Me, I'm going to wreck you. Yes, and so now I think the way the the sport is and the way the, the package and setup and everything, you have to block. Right. I mean, that's just a part of it now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sometimes sometimes you have to shove a guy to get his attention <laughs> it just depends on who you shove
1: our buddy denny is the reason why we're here it's the yeah. um denny and mark's pro am jam raising money for um so many great causes and i know you're uh, big into supporting the drivers and mm-hmm. whatever their uh, their uh, initiative is however they choose to to serve the world um kevin our, is my seven minutes up
2: is he? Actually, see off camera. Kevin is sitting over here, and he's going, "Man, I am absolutely enthralled with this." So this is—we know Kevin is going to be watching the podcast later. And
1: Kevin is Kevin Sorbo, and, and the thing that's funny is, um, I bet he was thinking, oh, damn, that man just changed his name, <laughs>
2: <laughs> all to have a job." It happens all the time. I mean, it happens all the time. You think Madonna was Madonna? Oh, I mean, true. I mean, Elton John's not Elton John. That's great. Is it bad that I just referenced two ridiculously famous people and, and tried to throw myself in, in there? <laughs> hey,
1: uh, tell, tell me a story about the hat. Team AP.
2: Why would you bring that up? How'd
1: that go for you?
2: Were you, were you Team JP? I
1: was Team JP. We had a Ryder Cup match yesterday yeah. here in Charleston. All the golf guys tour players. We have our own tour, Kevin, because we're not very good. So we <laughs> created our own tour. And it makes perfect. This is Brian Jackson also setting off camera. Brian is a scratch plus four golfer. And uh, he's not been able to parlay that into any kind of uh, commercial
2: yeah. or financial. He benefit. has friends that ask him for golf clubs all the time, though. He's <laughs> so, parlayed it into that. So
1: Austin Payton was your captain and Josh yeah. Peterman was, was mine and yep. we, won. we so
2: won. So AP and you were JP. We uh, ended up, for the first time ever... In this Ryder Cup event, someone won. Yeah, <laughs> we had got we have got two years right. where we had tied, and
1: then, and they won handily.
2: Yes, you won handily. Yeah, y'all got your. You're part in. of that. Well, thanks for bringing that up. This has been a lot of fun, Michael. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought me on. <laughs> thanks for coming. by. Yeah. It's always fun to see you. It's <laughs> wonderful.
1: And, uh, three to go. Who do you like?
2: Uh, surprisingly, I picked Kevin Harvick.
1: Wow. That's uh, a, at the it beginning.
2: He is. Uh, he has not looked as good uh, in the playoffs. Now, Martin Truex Jr. looks phenomenal. That'd
1: be an easy pick, right? Yep, and, and I Denny, think
2: Denny is you? Denny is great as well. I would say you know incredible momentum after Kansas. Um, we would have thought he would have been better at Martinsville, but still didn't hurt him. No. Uh, so I think he's in good shape there. He's going to have enough points. I think it'll be Martin and uh, Kyle Busch and Denny, and then you throw in. Potentially Kevin uh, as the four of the championship four.
1: Well, quickly, um, your time's up here. I know. Um, But where do you put Kyle, like Bush? Where do I put him? Yeah, you think he's top four?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You don't think Kyle Larson is? No.
2: Is that bad? I like my friend Kyle Larson, but... Yeah, I don't think he's going to, he's not going to advance.
1: You probably like Kyle Larson better than you like Kyle Busch, but you're
2: just. <laughs> I'm speaking as I kind of know a little bit about what's going on with the sport. And yeah, I, think... <laughs> I
1: thought I did that too until I told my buddy how to pick his DraftKings team.
2: And Didn't go finished,
1: well. he uh, 820. <laughs> he called me up and he said, what do you, what do you mean? I'm, I don't do that crap, man. Yeah. I just report what I see. That's but right. But if I had to predict Truex, Hamlin, Joey. Larson.
2: Okay. I think pick crews come into play a lot with who makes it into the championship four, and I don't know if Kyle Larson's pick crew can get him there. You know what else if you <laughs> do that? Coming off for you! All right. Hold on that note? Yeah. You're
1: out
0: of here?
2: Thank you. Appreciate you.
1: Well, man, I appreciate you stopping by, Kevin. How are you?
0: Good to see you again. We had good fun at uh, East Lake.
1: Yeah, playing at East Lake was yeah. awesome, and getting to—I played with uh, Billy one day. Sure. And Billy Andrade had
0: his his event, and and Aiden—you played with Aiden two days in a row. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: and and just fun playing with all those guys. But but Billy shot a sixty-one, yeah. goofing off.
0: That's amazing. I mean, it was crazy to. We brought up Lakeside earlier, so. Billy's the one who introduced me to Lakeside because he knew some of the members there when I first moved to L.A. Because Billy and I had met during his second year on tour. Um, we were, I was shooting what, a, that, a... What year is that? 1988? Yeah. I'm shooting a um, commercial on Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. He's on the ship with his wife, Jody. Billy Ray Brown's there with his wife. And Willie Wood was there with his, his girlfriend. Because a couple years earlier, his wife had died at like 22 yeah. or 20. I'm like really young. And I knew who they were, and Billy was shocked, being the only guy about to start his second year in tour, he goes, you know who I am? I said, I'm a big fan, I've watched golf. Right. So we hit it off and became friends right away, and he introduced me. I just moved to L.A. from Minnesota, and he introduced me to um, some people at Lakeside, and that's how that whole thing happened for me going that course, which I thought was just awesome. And that's how I met Joe Pesci, Yeah. which I just told that little story there. So he said but,
1: you, uh, you were Italian.
0: Well, Pesci did. He's got my last name, and he goes, "Yeah, what, what? the f is Sorbo?" And I said, "It's a Norwegian <laughs> name." He goes, "No, f that. It ends in f and value, f in Italian." And of course, he didn't say f in. No, but, you know, I don't want to get bleeped. No, but, we don't bleep. Um, but Pesci's a great guy. I've, I've known him ever since, and he's always been uh, so cool to me. I've golfed him a number of times. Does he like yeah. to golf? He golfs all the time. Yeah. Never takes a cigar out of his mouth, but he's golfing all the time. He's he's a solid, he's a solid, probably say fourteen, twelve, fourteen handicap.
1: So Minnesota to to Hollywood?
0: Minnesota Hollywood.
1: How'd that happen?
0: Small small town, you know, I, mean, I small town I grew up in, we we're west of Minneapolis, a little town called Mound Minnesota on the beautiful shores of Lake Minnetonka. My little town was home to Tonka toys. Ah. And um, so I, I went to the Guthrie Theater, very famous theater in Minneapolis, and I saw Shakespeare. It was Merchant of Venice. I don't know what the hell they were saying because I was 11 years old and it was Shakespeare. But I uh, fell in love with acting right then and there. How about and that? You were an
1: athlete, right?
0: Yeah, played football and basketball. And uh, in college, I had a double major marketing advertising, but a minor in drama. I knew it was there. And I loaded up the my little beat-up car and just moved out to L.A., didn't know a soul.
1: That sounds a whole lot like... I'm a
0: 13-year overnight success.
1: <laughs> you know, so. That sounds exactly like a lot of racers <laughs> that load up their car and head to North Carolina with the dream yeah. of being a racer, and, and rarely does it work out.
0: Yeah, but you, know? you got to follow that dream. I mean, if, you're, you know, if you don't give it a go, then you'll never know, right? Yeah. But everybody in L.A. is an actor, so it was easy to find out about the right classes to take. And, but I was lucky. I never had to work another job. I started in commercials right away and worked very, very well. In fact, before I got my Hercules series, I, 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 had, I made more money the three years prior to the first years in Hercules, just in residuals. Because at that time, I was, you know, I was a guy that had been around and done a few pilots and guest spots on shows like The Commish, Murder, Giroux, Cheers, and things like that. Yeah. But, um, what was that, your episode on Cheers? Um, it was an episode where they couldn't, they forgot to renew their liquor license. And so they, and Sam T- Malone says, don't, don't serve anybody, no alcohol, no alcohol. <laughs> and I come in with little Carla, who's about, you know, a foot and a half shorter than me, and order a vodka. And then she kept saying, she goes, we don't have any vodka. I go, it's right there. And she grabs my head and smashes it against her. She goes, we have no. What do you want? Water! Water's fine! <laughs> so,
2: well, but, uh,
1: uh, how, that to, everybody knows Hercules,
0: obviously, that, that was a tremendous success. And. We passed Baywatch by our 30 years, as the most watched show in the world. We're in 176 countries. It was and crazy. So, so Seven years in New Zealand. It was amazing. So
1: those residuals have to be working <coughs> they're
0: still, We're still in 60 countries. <laughs> and then I moved in. I did five years on Andromeda after that. Gene Roddenberry's first show after Star Trek. And so I was the first captain after Captain Kirk. It was Captain Dylan Hunt. And that's still in, like, over 50 countries. Uh-huh. And then I just finished my 61st movie since then. I've so.
1: learned a little bit about your world. We, we just did a documentary about the day that I won Daytona and, mm-hmm. and my friend Dale Earnhardt died. And we did a fathom event and mm-hmm. played our movie in like 800 theaters across yeah. America. And on November 5th, it comes out on streaming. You can get it on Google Play and Amazon and, and DVDs and Blu-ray and all that stuff. So yeah. it was—it was a good way to get it out there. Yes, yeah. and and it also was great for me to to learn about your world a bit. And yeah. I know it's just a tiny peek into it. But we had this really talented uh, producer-director guy, Paul Taublieb, who's made some, mm-hmm. some Emmy-winning documentaries. And so he's buttoned up. He's all L.A. and Hollywood, making sure we got all the parts and pieces together. And I'm just a dumbass from Kentucky telling my story. And mm-hmm. it, it seemed to be very captivating, and it's been well-received as well.
0: Well, I got a, I got a piece of your world years ago. Um, I, I lived in New Zealand seven years filming Hercules and five years up in Canada. So from 93 to 2005, I was out of America for 10 months out of the year. So I said, what the hell am I paying California state tax to? So I moved to Las Vegas and just had, that was my little Monte Carlo. So um, ET brought me out to the Las Vegas racetrack. So with a pace car, I got up to uh, 175 miles an hour. And dude, I'm looking at these seats going by like this on me, and I freaked out, and I said, I can't imagine inches away from the cars around you, what you guys do. And that gave me a whole new appreciation for the intensity because it's got to be just one big you know, workout right. as well in those in those vehicles, just well, the, the tents. Look at that cat over there, Ricky <laughs> is, he's, he did American Ninja Warrior, right?
1: Like he's, a, he's one of the top racers yeah. and he's a badass yeah. and you have to be these days. Yeah, yeah. So when I did it, when I started, I raced against Richard Petty and sure. Kel Yarborough and they were country strong, you know, yeah. they, they put motors in their cars, that was their workout. Yeah. And then it evolved to where, when I finished my career in 2017, I was racing against Ricky and,
0: and Jimmy Johnson, who are triathletes that yeah. just train their bodies to be racers. Well, it's funny, not, <laughs> not to compare it to golf, but I I knew Mr. Palmer pretty well before he passed away, and he said, you know, back in our day, we would finish golf and go to the bar. He said, the golfers today. They go to the gym. Yeah, he says it's a whole different way they look at things now. What kind of handicap are you working with? I'm a 5.1 right now. Uh-huh. I yeah. fluctuate between a four and a seven. I don't practice anymore. That's the problem. Right. So I, I, was, I was down to one in high school. Loved the game. Uh, one of our one of our uh, rotating courses in high school was Hazeltine Country Club, which has had you know the Ryder Cup. They right. got it again. They've had a U.S. Opens, and it was interesting watching the Payne Stewart win in 91 again since his passing 20 right. years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was there for that whole the whole those whole four days. Actually, it's five days because he beat Scotty Simpson on the Monday on the 18-hole playoff. Yeah. But uh, I, I love the game. My dad introduced it to me and uh, been a fan of it ever since. All my buddies, I play football, basketball, baseball, you know, and all my buddies that make fun of me for playing golf. Yeah, They all play now, right. every one of them. And I always get a call from them around February after six weeks of 10 below zero Minnesota, and they go, dude, we're coming out. You know? <laughs> so get well, ready. Well, thank you so much my for pleasure.
1: being here at uh, Mark and Denny's Pro-Am Jam. Thanks for spending some time with me. Got to support these guys. I love what they do, and I love the game of golf, and what a great way to raise money. I know the NASCAR fans are going to get to enjoy hearing your story and sitting here and chatting with me. Thank you. Check out Let There Be Light, streaming on Amazon. There you go.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, bud. Mike, what's happening? Thanks for sitting down with me. Not a problem. The old podcast. Hey, we got a great setting going. (laughs) How good is this? I've I've watched some of your podcasts. The setting's probably got everything beat. (laughs) You're exactly right, and...
1: uh, been a good trip to Charleston. Um, was making fun of Rick Allen earlier because he was wearing team AP hat. Oh yes. And you've got on the right hat, the winning hat. The as winning you see hat. there,
3: Ford. Look at that team win. That oh, was a great team win yesterday. We wasn't just it? we jumped on them. Uh, just pounced them. As soon as they said go, we were out and we were winning. Yeah, and you know the <laughs> the fun thing about that whole like everybody was cheering for you know other people. I mean like, like that last green, we were actually cheering for the other team. You know, with Ron, it just, it's a cool event. I, I really enjoy our Ryder Cup and just getting to hang out with friends. So, uh, Hemrick getting beat by Ron, that's... Big upset. Big <laughs> upset. Big upset. You know, I told Daniel he probably should have faked an injury and withdrew.
1: Yeah, that's right. Late, even,
4: if late, he had to. Late.
3: And uh,
1: you, you played with Denny, and, and you guys, Man, you, we you're, were, you're head-to-head, right? I mean, it was intense. We went in
3: blow for blow. I parred, he bogeyed, and then... He birdied and I parred, and then I bought, birdied and paw, he parred. I mean, we were going back and forth, back and forth, and so we were even coming into the ninth hole. He made par. I had an eight-foot birdie putt. I was like, I'm, a, I'm just throw this down, and I ran it way past the hole and. <laughs> You were you were feeling it. I did not to. want to have so yeah. I was like I'm i I'm I'm making this putt. Right. Well, you know, I sent it probably a little too far by and Yeah. Oh well, we had a lot of fun. How would you uh what's your handicap? How would you assess your game? Well my index is at like a four five right now. It's the game is like when I focus four or five. When I focus, the game is strong. Yeah. And like, you were focused yesterday. I was focused yesterday. So you have an interesting,
1: I love golf, so I watch. You know, obviously I'm a student of the game, even though you can't tell. You're
3: but. a student of a 20 handicapper on the range. <laughs> like, you're not a student of, like, the best golfers. But your your stance, I mean, it looks real mechanical. Like,
1: the way you address the ball and the yep. way you pull it back. Have you ever thought that? You know, a lot of people have a feel game or whatever. Yours looks like it's science Yeah, I've style. never
3: really taken lessons. I've got, you know, kind of like you, I've got really good, Friends that are really good golfers, and so I take, you know, bits and pieces every time you know I go play with them. They're like, hey, maybe try this, do do a little bit of this, and you know, I kind of keep that swing thought in my head the whole time. But um, you know, every time I go to the range, I feel like that's when I figure out what I'm going to do for the day. You know, like I'll start hitting my driver, and I'm if I'm pulling it or whatever, I'll you know start putting a cut swing on it, or you know, I just kind of figure out on the range. That's a great. That's I've what been told that play. before. That's a great, the great yeah. way to look at the game, especially when you don't play all the time. Don't play all the time, so it's not like I'm going to do the same thing every time. So I get to the range. If I'm struggling, I'll figure it out and, and I'll go with, go with that. And um, you're an athlete.
1: I mean, obviously, your American Ninja Warrior participation and just in general, you're an athlete, and that 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 helps on the golf course. You got to have a. Oh. You got to be. You got to be grounded.
3: You know. Yeah. And, and you got to be able to focus i mean you can't especially battles like yesterday i mean you gotta you gotta bear down and and go for it and you know i think being being an athlete definitely helps in golf but i've seen some really good athletes that can't hit a golf ball very much
1: versa yeah and people that you're like well he's kind of fat wow he's
3: really good (laughs) if you want to go that way (laughs) yeah um you know, back when I first started playing with you, you were you were good. I know. What
1: happened? I don't know. I wished I knew. I can't explain it. I was uh, single digit and yeah. made a hole-in-one in 2014. And it's and that's just, where it went. Doo, 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 doo. It's just trickled off ever since then. You think you think too much about it? I think I might. But I like what you just said. Just adapt. Just you know. every time you go, do something different. So um, I was talking with Sorbo earlier about you know, growing up racing against Richard Petty and Cale Yarborough and, you know, they were just country strong guys. Yeah, that, That's how they were fit to race. And you've taken fitness to a, to another level is, is it, is that
3: partly to do because you want to be the badass race car driver? Yeah, I want to be the best I can. And so I hired, um, actually Casey Kane, I, you know, he's had a trainer for a long time and, you know, is in great, it still is in, in great shape. And, um, you know when he retired from racing i was like hey what's what's trainer ryan doing and so uh i've hired him he's out at slide job ranch my my property we got i got a gym there uh ryan truex works out there some other truck series drivers work out there ryan reed works out there so uh got a nice little uh you know system built up at the at the house but and does he run it he does. He does. He, he trains all of them. And uh, I get in Mondays, I get in generally once a day. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm in there you know, morning and afternoon just, just really killing it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's made me feel a lot more confident really inside the car and outside the car. Right. And, and just feel like I'm at least getting myself ready. When I was a racer, I ran marathons because I wanted to prove to myself,
1: but I wanted to show the world that you might outrun me. But you ain't gonna outlast me. Yeah, that that was my whole mentality. Yeah, and I started running just because of that, and wound up running those
3: marathons. And and fitness is is huge for confidence. It is, it is, and and I think that's that's really why I do is just I know I'm at least putting in the work so that I'm the best that I can be when I get in the car. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, for us, we can't go practice all the time. You know, it's not golf or supercross or you know where you can just go practice right you know you can't build a track in your backyard and go practice yeah. and so you got to do things outside the car um that you feel like are going to help you in the car so interesting place in your
1: life you're switching teams uh for the first time i think yeah and um there's three to go you want to be you're, you're appreciative to mr roush i know for all he's done for you i yep. I, I, I understand all that so you want to give it all you got we're Tell me where you are mentally. Like, what's going oh, on?
3: Well, you know, for us, you know, ever since, uh, I guess, Charlotte, when, you know, that week when, when kind of everything came out, I mean, I, I heard about it a couple hours before everybody else did. You, you had know? no idea? No, no. So I heard about it probably an, an hour before everybody else did. So, um, you know, it was kind of a shock getting through Charlotte. And, you know, we I just went out there. And, you know, I was, like, so nervous in practice because I was like, dang, everybody's probably watching me you know and so I was like I got to put some good races together you know we've had speed all year we just haven't put everything together we've you know blown right front tires we've you know sped on pit road we've just haven't put everything together and but we've had better speed than what we had last year and so you know from that day I'm like all right hey let's let's make sure we get at least the finishes we're capable of that weekend and and I feel like we've we've maximized that you know for the most part every weekend since since the announcement and um you know meeting with Tad and Jody uh over at JTG man it it brought a kind of a breath of fresh air like such great people they got a great organization uh just a lot of racers uh that want to do anything that they can work hard to you know get the cars better tad and jody are continuing to do all their work on the sponsorship side and it's cool they're hands-on owners and and i'm looking forward to that
1: you know i have this feeling that it's going to be a good thing and i know when when you've heard about it an hour before you're like so but now uh looking back you're in a good place
3: yeah i'm in a great place um you know i think i'm Honestly, probably a little relieved uh, and, and and happy. Yeah, uh, you know, I think for a long time I was, you know, I I kind of got in a rut. You know, we weren't, we didn't go compete for wins every week like we did in the Xfinity Series. I mean, in the Xfinity Series, we showed up, and I knew that if somebody wanted to win, they were gonna have to beat us. Yeah. You know, and and that was a good feeling but you know you just haven't had that feeling you know when you yeah i have that feeling every speedway race because i feel like our cars were good we're fast i felt good at bristol you know i had certain tracks that i felt like that but um you know we didn't have it week in and week out and i think i got frustrated and um it's hard to put all your eggs in those couple of three baskets oh it you is know, you know yeah, it is because
1: you'll, you'll you are you get too pumped up because you're yeah. like i know this is my chance and yep week in and week out is those guys that run up front all the time
3: i used to be so it's envious to yeah yeah so you know it'll be good to, to continue to build what what they've built at jtg doherty racing and you know i feel like they started building their own cars and um you know got a great shop layout uh i just feel feel confident going over there i bet so well best of luck thanks Thank for you.
1: stopping by I appreciate uh Appreciate you being down here to help Denny and, and the, the boys. Thanks for the ambiance,
3: the candle here. Well, I mean,
1: nice touch, Mike. You know, Phil has his fireside chats.
3: I'm doing the best I can over here. Yeah, fireside chats, but he ain't at Daniel's Island. He ain't got that. He ain't got that. He's in the locker room.
1: <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. So, Phil, we're, we're down to it. Uh, two, to, two to Two to go in the truck series it's been an awesome year mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of fun racing and I think Martinsville kind of put an exclamation point on our year <laughs> yeah. I mean they ran into everything everything they- well it looked like Talladega it did Just as much carnage as Talladega yeah so who you who you liking well
4: <clears throat> I think when the playoffs started maybe even before the playoffs started my two favorites like I, I really couldn't pick one Moth and team. yeah, those are my two guys. We've said that all year. I've said all year. But does it change? Has it changed no, any? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so at all. I mean, Ross, you know, came within a hair of possibly winning and you know qualifying automatically. Uh, Ty Gillen did a great job. I, I don't. I think if it wasn't for Harrison Burton racing Ross, I, I think I think Ross was going to go down to the next corner
1: and, and move Todd out of the way. But what, it didn't happen. So much. what? What's that make you think when you look up and see? It's, it's that's a sight, it's scary. That's it? yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Old Hermie Sadler's over there tucking himself <laughs> in, and it appears. <laughs> um, I, one of the best interview Ross has ever gave. He's like, I could, I could beat one of them. Yeah, I can't beat them both, and they, they teamed up on me. That was, that was, and that's Good. how I saw it. Yeah, Harrison. Harrison, unfortunately, spun, but, but yeah. he was the reason why Ross couldn't go
4: do yeah, what, yeah, what sure. we
1: know he was going to do. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't that Harrison was trying to do that so Todd would win. He was trying to do that to beat So Ross. he could win. Exactly. Right, exactly. And so we got Phoenix, ISM Raceway, and then we'll be off to, to Miami. And you said Ross and Moffitt. Which one? Who's going to be better on those two tracks?
4: Gosh, I I don't know if I have to handicap him. I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pick one. Right. I really don't. I mean, Moffitt's good on every racetrack. Obviously, he was awfully good last year. Uh, their program is strong right now. He, as a matter of fact, this morning he showed me a picture of his Phoenix truck, and it had it was on the chassis plate, not one piece of sheet metal on it. And that's his Phoenix truck for next week. So, wow. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about Martinsville and the um, the the Cup boys and their Playoff intensity—he got pretty, pretty high. He got pretty real heated, didn't, it? didn't it? he? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, who do you like in that in that world going to to Texas this weekend? Denny's awful good at Texas. Oh, yeah. We're here at his uh, golf tournament. He's got a lot of smiles on his face. Uh, certainly a little bit heated after the race at Martinsville, but uh, focused on Texas now. Yeah, I uh,
4: I, I really believe uh, and I, and have for a while that that the three Gibbs cars are all going go
1: to go the Homestead. I really do. I think Logano and Larson. I don't know why I say that. Well, that,
4: that doesn't leave. There's, there's not five going. So. I know, and I think who uh, you taking out, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't has, hasn't seemed doesn't to, seem Had the same um, s- pace speed. That he, yeah, that yeah. he had you know earlier, and we're we Denny and Martin have it right um, without a doubt week in week out. Yeah. So I mean you might be right. I mean you know several weeks ago when the playoff started, I thought it was the three KBM guys. And then the question was who was going to be the fourth one. Right. You know, at that time I thought Harvick was going to step up and be the guy that was gonna you know be the fourth guy but like you say now i did you know it's it's touchy yeah i think there's two solids and four
1: or five maybes. yeah yeah what's stefan up to still racing
4: he is well he he wasn't going to and uh while we were out here playing golf yesterday johnny davis called and he needed someone to drive his 15 car at texas so uh so i gave him stefan's number and he called called so stefan's going to run for johnny
1: davis at at Texas, he's really excited. I just, I, I hope people appreciate and understand what Stefan's doing and what you're doing. Yeah. Just clawing. Yeah. Like get, not going to get in a car that's going to win. No. For sure. At this point. Right. But he gets in cars that run 22nd, and if he runs 18th, everybody in our world notices yeah. that. Yeah. And plus, he's taking care of everything he's gotten in, and I know it's important budget-wise for those guys to, to put a kid behind the wheel that know that it's going to bring the car back because yeah. they, they can't afford to fix it. Yeah,
4: and that's one, one thing Johnny said yesterday. I said, I need someone to drive it that's not going to tear it up. He said, I can't stand to have any more equipment torn up, and, and so it, you know, it really makes me feel good that he, that he wanted Stefan to do that. And with... It, that he's so early in his career. I mean, he's only run a half a dozen expanded yeah. races and three or four truck races. So. Well, keep digging. Thank you. thanks, And thank you for all your support of him and yeah. since he was this big. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Thanks <laughs> for right, stopping. Uh-huh.
1: Thank you. Hermie, we uh, we got a great championship battle. Phil and I were talking, and we've talked all year long about Moffitt and Chastain being mm-hmm being the favorites, and it looks like that's certainly the case. Uh, but what a great win for, for Todd Gilman. I mean, he was so close to winning a couple times last year, and now to finally put one in the books, I was happy for him.
5: Yeah, and everybody knows how much pressure he and Harrison Burton, for that matter, maybe not to the same degree, but how much pressure Todd has been under, or any young kid that gets in that type of equipment, you're just expected to win. Uh, the pressure mounts each and every time that you're supposed to win, or maybe don't win uh so uh, i was happy to see him do it i know he felt like it was a little bit of you know redemption for him uh but uh, all time, first time winners are always fun for yeah. us as broadcasters because you see a lot of emotion hear a lot of emotion that you wouldn't get from a from a guy who's won a lot speaking of hearing Why are you laughing because i was just <laughs> thinking
1: about todd taking a checker flag and, and requesting that his owner maybe not come to victory lane yes. what, what did you make of that i mean i'm sure he wished he hadn't said it yeah
5: but. yeah um to me, um, I'm not sure Kyle has been beneficial to his young drivers in that way by publicly coming out and putting more pressure on the drivers. I think it's totally appropriate, and Kyle can do what he wants, obviously. I think it's totally appropriate to have sit down, private, behind closed doors meetings and say, you're not running well enough. You have to do better. What can we do to give you, know, give you better or make you better? But, you know, Kyle has been very vocal uh, a lot of times in the public yeah. this year at the racetrack saying my guys are not getting it done. And, you know, I, so I think that was the reason maybe Todd oh, felt yeah. like I'm publicly going to throw it back at you now. So, it, you know, I can understand if, if I were Todd at that age under that spotlight on that stage, I wouldn't want my owner maybe publicly coming out yeah. and, and getting on me like that. Give me all you want to give me. You know in the shop or in the office or whatever Um, but I think we what we saw was some 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 frustration uh, from some of that. And what's gonna happen
1: with Todd in 2020 do you know yet? I know Harrison announced going Xfinity.
5: I haven't heard officially but if I had to guess I would think he would end up in one of his dad's trucks. I think that's the natural progression and I I like Todd. I mean I think he as he mentioned and as we've all talked about on the broadcast he coulda shoulda woulda won two or three by now and if so if he won at Texas last year when he ran out of gas, he'd probably already be set up to be in KBM truck moving forward. I know Toyota has put a lot of money and resources behind him, and uh, but this is a performance based business. How many times have we talked about that? And I think him winning is great. I think it's too late to save that situation, but it'll give him some confidence moving forward. And I still think he's very, very talented.
1: Right on. Um, pick one, Chastain Moffat. who wins the championship?
5: Wow. Um,
1: it's that close, isn't it?
5: It, it really is. Uh, both I, I expect them to Phoenix and Homestead to be right there. I mean, battling tooth and nail. It may come down to a, a pit stop. It may come down to a restart, whatever, but uh, I think it, as great of a story as Chastain is, yeah. Uh, I just think Brett and his team are, uh, notwithstanding the bad luck they had at Martinsville, before that, they were gone. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're too good, and I think uh, Brett is really good, and I think Jerry Baxter and him have, but mid-season this year, kind of finally took a deep breath and and I just think if I had to pick, and it's that close, I'd have to go with my.
1: Yeah, I, I respect what Baxter did at um, I think it was either Canada or Bristol, but I think it was Canada when he when he pitted early. Mm-hmm. And didn't have enough gas to make it. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, if a caution or two don't fall, but he was able to make that call after the mistake they made mm-hmm. earlier in the season, not getting enough gas mm-hmm. on in the truck on pit road. Mm-hmm. I told him, you know, you, you 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 lost that race, but you you very well won this, won sure. Canada because of your because strategy. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So
5: well, it's hard to believe. You know, Moffitt is a difference maker. We've seen it in everything he's driven in these top levels. Um, Jerry is great. Jerry, this year, felt a lot of pressure yeah. starting the season, even though he's accomplished as he is. And Brett, Jerry felt like, man, yeah, every week I go talk to him, he says, man, if we don't hurry up and win, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm like, settle down, you know. And so they were too good not to win. And now they're winning in, in a big way and uh, look like they're set up pretty good for the stretch. Well, I'm looking forward to the last two this year. Yeah, can you believe another year is... Flown by. No. But have fun on the trucks, man. Oh, they're I mean the it's best. that race at Martinsville was nuts. Yeah. Even though we went on the air for Yeah, for, for the, the very end. <laughs> end. Look, I went back to the racetrack Sunday. I had to do some stuff for the Virginia lottery and for the racetrack. And I guess I was the only representative on hand today and boy I got you know, everybody's like, Man, what what happened? What did you do? What yeah, did y'all do? You know what I tell people all the time is your power never went off? Not I mean, even once. Not not one time in your yeah, life. Something yeah.
1: you know, something didn't work out. It right. was
5: just I mean, and I told them, I said the, the the people at the track, I know the Pit Road folks and you guys, we were still working. you know. We, <laughs> we didn't quit. We didn't pull the plug and beat the traffic. And, I mean, you know,
1: here's what pisses me off, and it really does piss me off. Fox spends so much money to bring the truck races to people's living rooms. Yep. And we, for for, for nearly 20 years.
5: And, by the way, Fox does all the truck races for the whole season. That's right. And, and, and has f- an investment in that series.
1: And for t- t- nearly 20 years, we've been doing it. And And... You have one
5: one yeah. technical issue, mm-hmm. and people want to lose their mind. Of course, most of the time when I talk, people think there's always a technical issue with my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> they just <laughs> Steve Craddock told me we were somewhere in a golf outing, and as you know, because you've been gracious to her as well, my daughter Haley will call me four or five times a day, Facetime, and I'm going to answer the phone. I don't care where I'm at. And and I was talking to Haley a couple weeks ago, and Steve said, hermy if you enunciated." On TV, like, like you, do you do when your you're daughter? talking to Haley. You it, might be the best you ever. You might be the best thing we've ever seen. <laughs> sorry, I can't help it.
1: I I, uh, I told my buddy the other day, I said, we ran out of damn tape. Yeah. Those, guys, those truckers kept
5: wrecking. K- kept wrecking. <laughs> uh, you know, Moffitt's here with us at Denny's event, and I, I laughed about it a couple times yesterday when I was asked, you know, when Moffitt had crashed out, and I said, you know, the deal at Martinsville, when Moffitt's done, we were done. You know, when he crashed behind the wall, we got his interview, and we we were uh, we were done, but. You know, is a technical uh, glitch. I don't even know what happened. I don't either. It's, it's way out of my I just know range. that
1: nobody spends more money or is more passionate about bringing truck racing to to the to the fans than Fox, and we sh- we should be people should just be so thankful. But yet there, there's this machine, and I got this idea, and I'll let you go. There needs to be a program. You think I need to go warm up? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you. I seen you, you got a nice move on you. What's your handicap these days? Twelve?
5: Uh, well, it's in a normal golf setting, it's probably twelve to fifteen. But you take me to Top Golf, let me hit off a mat when I can't take a divot. Now I'm, I'm strong. And then, uh, and you hit it. A, I know you can't tell by looking, but you hit you it. You wouldn't. A, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me for sure. <laughs> but you hit <laughs> but it a long way. My problems start once I get on the green. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. I was going to tell you about my. I'll 20. go ahead and tell everybody. Just he wants me to get to it. His team won the Ryder Cup event. Here, yes, we did. Uh, Dan in Charleston yesterday. Team Not happy JP. About it. Team uh, JP. And we, we took it to y'all early. You had us uh, in a in a bind early, but I will say, um, Ron Herbert, Red Rocks, Ron, and myself. We were the anchor team, even though it meant nothing to anybody else other than. Uh Ron whipped Daniel Henrick like yeah. a drum.
1: Daniel's really happier spreading that word.
5: And Phil Parsons was no contest for me. <laughs> is he gone? Yeah. I mean I whipped him can I say three and two? Yes, you yeah. can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the and then he, he won though, right?
5: Well, team wise he won, but personally he got beat oh, okay. down. Bad. I'm not sure he'll
1: ever recover. Well have fun today and I'll see it. Uh, this this is always so much fun. See it, at Phoenix. I look forward to it. Two more. That's right. Yep. Well, I love this podcast, man. It's so cool. I mean, how many times do you have Hercules on your show? Kevin Sorbo was awesome. Got to chat with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. about his new opportunity. Uh, Rick Allen talking about the playoffs and how the 2019 season is going to wind down. I'm telling y'all, the racing is awesome. I cannot wait to get to Texas. They're going to put that traction compound down. These cars are going to be running all over the racetrack, and it's going to be thrilling And then it's ISM, and then we're off to Miami to crown our champion. Can't wait to see who wins the trucks. Obviously, it's either going to be Moffitt or Chastain, if you listen to anybody that follows it closely. But don't ever count those other guys out. There could be an upset coming as well. In the Cup Series, it's wide open. I think we all believe that Truex is going to be strong, and Denny maybe gets a chance to race in Miami for that championship. But other than that, I wouldn't make any promises. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show. Also, Tell your friends to follow us along and they can go to their favorite podcast app and add us so that they can listen to all this quality content. So much fun. Thank you so much. You can also go to Fox Sports YouTube page and see some of the videos we have. Follow along on Instagram and Twitter as well. Appreciate you. And uh, until next week, have a good one.